This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 231 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. This episode is sponsored by Equisketch. from Jupiter, Florida. And this is Regina Cristo from Sand Lake, New York, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show, brought to you this week by the United States Para Equestrian Association. And we also have our producer, Coach Jen, with us. Hi-ho, everybody. Hi. Hi. <laughs> we haven't had you on before with us, Jennifer. No, you were dealing with a rank amateur today. Glenn, Glenn, <laughs> <laughs> Glenn is on stall rest today. So I am temporarily taking over production duties. So hopefully, if everything goes according to plan, you won't hear much from me. But I'm very, very excited about uh, your two guests that you have on today. Tell me about them. Sure. Well, before Reese and Philip come back next week. <laughs> um, so we have um, Wes Dunham on today, and we also have Mike Poulin on today. And... Wes Dunham, uh, he was a Paralympic coach of Donna Tanessa uh, back in 2012 at the Paralympics. He's also a horse owner. And he is now coaching Sydney Collier. And um, hopefully they'll be headed this year to Florida and hopefully one day to Rio. We'll, we'll see what happens. But he is an FEI trainer. He has a full-blown barn up in New York, Melbourne, New York. And uh we're looking forward to speaking with him, and we also have a co-host. My co-host here today is Regina Cristo, and uh, she's a Paralympic horse owner. She is very involved with the Paralympians. She's a dressage rider herself, very accomplished dressage rider, and uh, she was helping me out today uh, as, as my co-host. So tell me a little bit about uh, Mike Poulin. Oh, thank you so much, Lindsay. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. So Mike Poulin, it would be... He is a Olympic rider, which I think most people probably know. Um, he has a big facility up in uh, Maine, and he is the current coach of one of our riders for the U.S., Mary Jordan. Uh, they've been working together for some time now, and they have some high hopes of being successful this year together as a team. So, Regina, I tell us a little bit about you and kind of how you got involved with Tara, because I like to ask that question to everybody. Okay, well, I'd love to answer that. Um, I got involved with Para probably around 2008. I organized a uh, fairly large show up in Saratoga, New York, a dressage show, and we offered uh, Para equestrian classes for the first time in 2008. I secured a big cash sponsor and uh, put it out to the, you know, to the community that we were um, offering Para with prize money, and we had one Para rider show up, which I was happy, and that was Donna Vanessa. And that is how um, I started my world with Tara, became friends with Donna, and it's just uh, blossomed from there. And as a horse owner, kind of what have you done? How, where have you, how have you been involved with that? Uh, well, that started in 2010, and I had actually offered my horse up to um, any of the para riders in the U.S. who uh, were going to be going for the selection trials for the World Equestrian Games. Um, I have a wonderful uh, horse with a great brain and uh, very trained, 
And at the time, they nobody needed a horse. So I was encouraged by Hope Hand to put him up on an international website where other riders were coming from all different countries, and if they weren't bringing their own horse, they needed to borrow one. And long story short, a top rider from Argentina contacted me. He came with his, uh, his coach. They tried my horse after trying many horses, and they picked him, and off to the World Equestrian Games we went a few weeks later. That was my first experience, and it was a, a wonderful experience from getting my horse a passport to all the um, all the travel arrangements that had to be made and just dealing with another country. The language barrier was quite interesting, um, but I must <laughs> say I, my husband and I have made lifelong friends with them, our, our friends in Argentina, and it was a super experience. Uh, my next experience was the next the next year in 2011 when I loaned my horse to a top rider from Mexico, and we did a couple of CDIs with her, and that was also an awesome experience. And my horse just went with the flow and uh, helped her a lot. And I like to also mention that both of those riders got their qualifying scores, and they both competed in London this past fall um, from rides that they had with my with my my horse. Um, my last um, as an owner, so I've done this three times, was loading my horse to American rider Elizabeth Tiggett, who rode in the selection trials in 2012. And although she did not make the team, she was long-listed and did an absolutely fantastic job with it. So I've been proud to have those three owner experiences. And as, as a horse owner, how involved do you have to be? Well, I think that can vary from situation to situation. Um, my situation... I was with my horse pretty much every step of the way for all the traveling, all the training, and I was lucky that I had the time to do that. It's a it's a great process. It's it's wonderful to watch para riders, watch your horse adapt to the rider, watch the rider adapt to the horse. And I basically traveled all over. I kept my horse fit, me and uh all the things that you need to be a top horse, and it was very fulfilling. You know, one of the things people were always saying to me is how, oh, you're so wonderful to lend your horse, and the riders were so grateful. And it's so important that people know if they have a wonderful horse that they think might be a great pair of horse, they need to do it. It's an absolutely extraordinary experience to watch what happens to your horse under a pair of rider. And you, in reality, you are working and trying to make someone's dream come true, and it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's really exciting, and I think it, it was really neat to have – we include the owners in everything we do, and I thought it was really exciting just in London having you guys there and, and having everybody kind of just to throw ideas off of and talk about the future with and, and consider all that. And it's neat how involved as an owner you are, and I know not all owners have to be involved, and we have big owners and syndicates with the able-bodied dressage world that – we also can have that with Kara too, and and I think it's wonderful how involved you are as as a rider, as a rider yourself, and a horse owner. Well, thank you. Um, like I said, it, it is truly a, a wonderful experience. And although my horse and his rider did not make it um, on the London team, my husband and I traveled to London because we believe in supporting the whole team as one. Because it really is a team effort by so many people. To, to get over there and just be supportive of one another. You know, I'm in a little town in New York, and my horse is at a small barn, but it, it just goes to show there are horses out there, and people, anyone listening to this show, if you have 
you know, a wonderful horse that you might think could be a great pair of partner for somebody, you know, I'd be happy to talk to anybody at any time and just really let them know what a, what a great experience it is. And, you know, get those horses out there. We need these, we, we need these wonderful horses. And Regina, is the best way to get a hold of you on Facebook? Yep, I can be reached on Facebook, and I believe my email address is also up there. Um, and if you just Google my name, I, you know, belong to uh, a couple organizations, and my contact information is on their website. And I'd be happy to speak to anybody about um, being an owner. It's quite a, it's quite a wonderful thing. So we're going to switch gears here a little bit, and uh, we have um, Wes Dunham on today. Hi, Wes. How are you today? I'm very good. And yourself? I'm very well. And for the listeners out there, it's Lindsay McCall, and we have Wes Dunham here as our guest. And I have my co-host this week is Regina Cristo. Hi, you guys. How are you doing tonight? <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm doing great. <laughs> Wes, where are you right now? Are, are you traveling? I'm actually in Millbrook, New York. Uh, I just got back from Texas. And, we're and were you guys showing there? With... No, we went uh, to Kai Hans place, actually, to look at horses. And um, they've actually shipped home, and they've been here about three days, so I'm really excited about them. Oh, wow. That's really exciting. So I kind of want to know how you got involved with Para from the beginning. It was uh, a little bit by chance. I had a student that was um, riding with me, and she had a friend, Donna Panessa, and asked if that I could give her a few riding lessons, and she was headed to California to compete. And I gave her a lesson, and then she went on to California and competed and then came back and started riding with me. So it wasn't um, really anything planned. It was just uh, a simple uh, dressage lesson and um, a lot of me figuring out how to adapt dressage um, into somebody that had... um, limited, uh, shall we say, um, use of her legs. Right, right. And that's how it all began. (laughs) And how long did you work with Wes, or with Donna uh, Wes? Um, I worked with her uh, probably about a year before we went to selection trials and then on to the Paralympics. Wow, that's a pretty amazing journey in a short time. It was extremely short time, and we were, were really, really lucky to represent the United States, and it's something that I'll never forget, and um, it was a real honor to work with her and the U.S. team. And uh, you were a horse owner there, too, correct? Yes, I was. Um, and well, what was that like? Florida. It was it was very it was a learning experience for me and uh, I really really enjoyed it and it was um, I was very proud to see my horse with Donna in that venue and um, owning the horse for quite some time before Donna started riding her I think helped us a lot because I knew um, quite a few of her 
idiosyncrasies and we figured out, you know, how to make her work for Donna and Donna's skill set and of course Donna's writing ability increased tremendously. Um she wrote mm-hmm. six days a week here at the farm. Wow, that's and that's, that's amazing. And now you're working with you're working with Sydney Collier now as a paraquestrian. Tell me a little bit about that. Uh, Sydney's great. I love her and her family. Um, I met them at a Robert Dover clinic um, in Gladstone, actually, for the first time. And then um, they came out to selection trials and our nationals, I believe it was, and borrowed a horse um, and went on and competed and we kept in touch and we went back and forth and then they um, decided that they wanted to really get serious about making a bid at Rio and I said well first we have to get an appropriate horse and we literally looked at about a hundred videos online and narrowed it down to our three or four candidates and then from there um, we found one that we were willing to go look at and that was a referral from Robert Dover which was really incredible. We flew to Canada and tried the horse, fell in love with him and uh they made arrangements to own him, and he's been in our barn um, just about a year now, I think. And uh, it's just been—he's just been an amazing, amazing horse. And Sydney and her mom have made a great deal of sacrifices. They moved from Michigan out here to New York to um, mm-hmm. train with me, and. Um, her dad and her two brothers are still in Michigan, and they come out and visit when they can. Yeah, they really um, have made a huge commitment to try to make the para team and just up the quality of horses that we get to see at this next selections. Wow, that's pretty impressive, Wes. Um, I know Sid and her mom and the horse. I've seen them a lot this summer, and uh, you all should have a lot to be proud of. Um, let me ask you this. When you're looking for horses, Wes, for your uh, para students, um, what are a couple of the most important things you need to find in a horse? Uh, it's, it's, uh, there are two very key things that I look at when we're looking for a para horse. Um, the very first and most important part for me is that the horse is sound and can pass an FEI jog. If we can't get past the soundness with no medications, I won't even go look at the horse. The second thing is is that the horse has a great brain and is very smart and intelligent kind. And then, of course, the third thing are the quality of the gates. But that is the last thing that I look at, but it is a very key, um, important factor in uh, choosing a horse. And Wes, when we're looking at Sydney for for choosing that horse, so if we looked at her as a rider, what are you kind of considering with her disability for that horse? Kind of how do you pair those two? Well, Sydney, um, I don't know if everybody knows, uh, has 
pretty much no use of one whole side of her body, and the other side is limited. So when I pair her up with a horse, I let the horse make the decision. Um, I put her on the horse or horses, and we do simple walk-halt transitions. Um, she rides with one hand, and we have... We try them in the snaffles first to see how they're going to respond. And if everything goes well, then I let her trot, and then we ride figures. Um, it's very interesting to me is that quite often the horse chooses the rider, not the <laughs> other way around. That's great. That's great. It's so important to have a, a wonderful match between the horse and the rider, um, to be successful and just have a great time together. And Wes, I also wanted to ask you, um, what do you think at this point the U.S. needs to do to become uh, top competitive competitors at the Paralympics and at the upcoming uh, other large events like the World Equestrian Games? What, what's the case? I think for me, and this is just my own opinion after being to the uh, the Paralympics, I think we need to up the quality of the horses that are going um, or are being considered to go um, after being there. I remember, I think it was, you know, watching the Dutch team unload their horses and watching them go into the stabling area, and my jaw just, like, hit the ground. I was like, oh, my goodness. There wasn't one horse that got off that van that I wouldn't have taken in my own barn. I was just like, wow. <laughs> and um, and then to watch, you know, the top teams that that um, were first, second, and third, the same thing applied. I mean, we were right there in the hot um, seat, you know, trying to get into the medals, and we were really, really close. But I think going forward, we really need to um, be looking at the quality of our horses that we're thinking of um, taking and just encouraging the riders to get the best quality horse that they can to take to selection trials. Yeah, I agree, Wes. Um, and I think also the word just needs to get out to... Um, to people that we are looking for these types of horses and, you know, horse owners who might be willing to step up to the plate for riders in our country. You know, these horses are out there. And, you know, I hope to see in the future that um, people realize how wonderful the para program is and that we can be competitive. I agree. Yeah, I agree with that statement. Absolutely. You know, it's not like we don't have riders that are, not dedicated. I mean, you see time and time again riders out there, you know, hustling and working and really um, a real drive to do well, and then um, some of them not having the quality uh, animal that is needed for international competition. And that being said, there's um, also, you know, the need for national horses that people can get experience and um, work their way up through the ranks as we continue to grow in uh, the para-discipline. And 
Wes, I know how it's very important to have that right horse and that right rider. And it's also important to have the right, I guess, fitness and routine. What kind of routine do you and Sydney have and with the horse, with training and everything involved? What, what does your guys' week look like usually? Um, it, you know, much like Donna uh, was when she was riding with me, Sydney's required to go to the gym. Um, she's required to be with physical fitness trainers that are knowledgeable with her um, abilities and um, disabilities as far as what she can and can't do. And that's her responsibility um, to, t to keep herself in shape and to find people that can help her with that. And then we, um, here at the farm, she rides Right now she's riding uh, two horses to keep um, her skill level up and hopefully in a very short amount of time we'll be up to three. And then um, she was also required to take, I guess, uh, uh, public relations, um, how to present herself to the public and how to speak appropriately to the public. And then I require her to do um, some sort of community service type thing and give back to the community or the equestrian community at large. Hmm. Well, so I run kind of a tight ship. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want yeah. to be at that level, you need to be really well-rounded. Of course. Oh, definitely. And that plan that you put together, you know, just is the kind of plan you need to be successful. It's not just popping on the horse a couple times a week and calling it a day. All those things add up to the success at the end of the day. And I know many para riders, um, especially ones who are shooting for the international level, and that's what they do. It's hard work. These are, you know, hardworking athletes, and they just have to do it to be successful. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, you, you see the ones, the para riders that are at the top or working their way up, you see that they're in the gym, that they're out exercising and keeping themselves fit. And you see, if you follow any of them, that they are doing stuff and trying to um, help get the word out there that the para dressage is an important part of dressage and that we are trying to become a force uh, to be reckoned with internationally, and we have a ways to go, but I think we can get there. Definitely, definitely. And I just, I have to ask this question. I, I know this is throwing us back to where we were in the beginning of our program here, but I just had have to ask, I know Sydney rides with one hand, and how did you guys come come up with that? Um, and when I first met Sydney, she rode with two hands, but her one hand was not really effective, um, and it was uh, sort of secured to the rain. And I had seen um, in London a number of riders that were riding one-handed, and Hope had told me that you know we ha that I had uh, to get Sydney riding with one hand, and we kind of um, tried it a few times, and 
Um, then uh, Kai Hannah actually, you know, gave us a reference of John Wayne, you know, try to ride like the movies in John Wayne, and <laughs> trial and error. But um, it's that, it just kind of happened, and it was one of those things that once we released the um, arm that she has no control of, um, her riding really started improving from there. And I've heard this is a technique some able-bodied riders use as well. Is that true? Yes. Yeah, you see um, some. Uh, you see that quite uh, like I've you see it in some of the freestyles in the upper light level Grand Prix riders, or in the freestyles where they'll you know do a little bit of um, showmanship, but at the same time to just show that the horse is truly self carriage and. Um, mm -hmm. And so why not, uh, you know, para-athlete? Right, right. Well, Wes, we just want to thank you so much for coming on our show today with Regina and I, and, and we thank you for for all of your expertise, and we look forward to seeing you here in the future. You're heading to Florida next, correct? I believe that's what our plans are. Um, we're going to... Hopefully, do the correct me if I'm wrong. CEBDI three star yeah. in in Florida um, with Sydney and um, logistics. We're kind of looking at how much time we can be down there, but at least the horses will be there a week before competition. Well, wonderful. Well, thank you again. No problem, and thank you for having me, and I hope I was helpful, and uh, I look forward to doing it again sometime. Wes was a wonderful interview, huh, Regina? Oh, definitely. I've known Wes for um, a number of years now and have been to many shows with him when he's been coaching his pair of uh, riders, and he's a super coach and a, and a, and a great um a great person who to represent para dressage. And right after this, we're go after this commercial from Equisketch, we'll be back with our next guest, Mike Cohen. Glenda Geek here. The life of horse person is hard enough, and we all hate doing the required paperwork, and unfortunately many of us never get around to it, and it just piles up on our desk. That is about to change thanks to the Equisketch Records app for your iPhone or iPad. My wife and I use it to track our horses, and we absolutely love this thing. Equisketch Records is the most thorough and complete equestrian records app on the market today. We love this app because you can track your farrier work, your dental, your Coggins, medicines, worming, and so much more. And you can get reminders on your device when all of these things are due. You'll never forget a worming or shots or farrier visit again. But it not only tracks your horse, you can also manage your horse shows, including individual events. You can manage riders, including lessons and memberships and so much more. And you can sync it between your iPhone and your iPad, and all of this for the price of a couple of cups of coffee from Starbucks. Search for Equisketch Records in the iOS App Store or go to Equisketch.com. That's E-Q-U-I-S-K-E-T-C-H.com. Equisketch.com. Hi, Mike. It's 
nice to have you on the show today, and I want to let you know you're not only here with me, Lindsay McCall, but you're also here with Regina Crispo. Well, thank you so much for having me. Kinda, I know you're new to the para world, and and you're a very you're an Olympian. You're a trainer. You're you're doing so many wonderful things in in this world, and and now you're also teaching a para dressage rider. So I kind of want to know how you started training this para dressage rider. Where did this come from? Well, first of all, let me say that um, it's an honor to work with them. Having uh, being uh, have been an Olympian and coached at Olympic Games several times, and lived in Germany and oh God, I lived in a lot of states, a lot of countries, for many years, and I saw the para riders ride. And I guess the thing about it that still impressed me today is the power of their dream, that uh, their efforts that they try. And I was always impressed at their never-give-up attitude and that they were so dedicated to it. And I, I did watch quite a bit of it, to be honest with you, but I was never in the position to help them. And now that I am, I'm excited to do that. And, of course, that I, I got introduced to it more by Mary Jordan. Mm-hmm. Found that found that... Their intensity is very, very similar to what I've gone through. And I've trained also three other people to be Olympians, so I know what it's like to train somebody to be at that level. And it takes mm-hmm. quite a bit of, quite a bit of discipline in the sense uh, of the trainer plus the rider. You have to have a lot of ability to see forward in time that they really, uh, it's just amazing that they, they put in such an effort. I'm extremely fit at my age, and I find it difficult to sit at a level, and I'm still training people to be Olympians. And here it is. I watch Mary, who has a, a physical deficiency on the left side and the feet and so forth, and she still goes on with an attitude that's sometimes so much better. To me, that's the power of the dream is extremely inspiring for me to do something for them and to try to help and support them in a mental way plus a physical way, getting them in shape physically and using enough understanding of their their deficiency when you're training them. To me, very, very exciting. I really am looking forward to helping as many as I possibly can. Uh, this is Regina. I, I can agree with most everything you're saying about uh, the hard work, the dedication, the dreams. Um, I've been around para riders, and as a para um, horse owner, I've um, been up close and personal, and you're exactly right. The dedication is second to none, and it takes a lot of hard work and dedication to be uh, at the top of this game. Can you tell us a little bit about what you like to see your para riders uh, doing for fitness and to stay in shape and happy to be a top athlete? Well, I think the first thing is understanding that dressage has to do with balance. It's a lot of balancing. You have to balance the horse. The horse has to balance himself, first of all. And I feel that their ability to stay in shape is, of course, less than somebody like me, that um, I can exercise, run, swim, and, and do all of that stuff. Well, sometimes they can't be as physically active. So I think watching their diet is, is uh, paramount so that they stay nourished and stay full active or physically strong enough. So here at Pineland, which I've been working with for some time now, going on to three and a half, four years, 
and I started with them when they were just training level riders. And uh, Gwyneth is now kind of almost ready to compete Grand Prix, and she was intermediate or two reserve champion. So I learned this many years ago. I was also a martial artist for many, many years. So I have a background in the, more of the discipline part mentally. I learned that the responsibility of an instructor on the problems of a student create them. So I look for avenues that I can help them take and succeed wherever they have a deficiency. And I found that the, the most important thing is that I'm very honest, not blunt, but I'm honest with them. Honest in the sense that I look now. <clears throat> number one, your attitude is you're too aggressive, and, and um, you need to be more passive. Or if I have somebody that's too passive, I'll say, well, look, you're not. You're not, a, you're not active enough. You're not aggressive enough. You're too passive. So allowing the animal to do this and that, and then he's going to take advantage of it. So that's just a, a simple example. So I try to be uh, use different avenues of the teaching process to stimulate them in a way that they become more productive. That's the key thing. And I've found that never should you be... If I'm teaching somebody like one tempi fine changes, I don't say um, such as an example. Well, you, whoever you do this every single time, you make that same mistake as a negative input. I say, look, what we need to do is to evaluate what's happening, try to establish a correction that is more mentally geared towards the process of creating a correction that is promoting the process of developing the one tempies not necessarily forcing them so that when we're done, we have a, a better product. So I think the attitude of the is vital that I promote right. the confidence in it. And from that approach as a trainer, and I can produce a cure for the problem and not a preventive. And I use the same thing with Mary when I train with her. And I use the same thing with, like, Carol Lavelle, who I trained with the Olympics and Lenny Bay twice. She was an Olympian. And it's mm-hmm. always been very, very successful. And Michael Barrison as well, he was an Olympian. And from that, they end up having confidence. Now, Mike, I'd like to ask you a question also. Um, you know, a lot of people see you as a very successful, um, you know, international um, star with dressage. And now that you are um, coaching uh, one of our very hopeful power equestrians, you know, I would think, that it would be hopeful that other, you know, upper-level trainers like yourself would see the world of para and how great it is and the, the competitiveness and the athleticism that people need to be able to be successful in the para discipline. What are your thoughts about, um, do you think you're going to be influencing others to, to step up and get into the para world? I think, I don't think there's a lot of trainers out there that, that appreciate the effort that the para people are putting into the they they see them as deficient, uh, the deficient people. They see them well, in a light. How do we change that? Is, how, how do we change? Because that is that is a, a crutch for um, the paradiscipline that, quite frankly, is so wrong. And I see uh, folks like you stepping up and working. How can we change that? But I think what we can do is, I think the third fortune is Mary is very very she's a very good writer. I just spent a week or so in Europe with her and watching her ride the other horses. She has the same problem with every horse on one side because of the, the physical problems she has. But, you know, when you teach her and you teach her in a logical manner, she pretty much rectifies it 
and gets, you know, 80% of it under control if you don't try to intimidate or hassle her, but you're productive in how you are a teacher. So <clears throat> as a trainer, I can do that because I have a lot of experience. But people, the general trainers, don't want to be involved in it because they say, well, you know, I don't get much success out of it. I don't feel uh, as if um, I'm making much of a difference. When <laughs> you don't realize it, but we're making more of a difference because here it is, I have somebody that has no legs and they're doing two tracks. And it's like, my God, it's amazing. I think what we need to do is we need to have more publicity of para people that can express what dressage has done for them mentally. It's kept some of them alive. It's motivating them. It's giving them a reason, a hope to succeed at something that is so difficult. You know, um, so if we could have more interviews like CNN, if we could get several of these people on the TV and to talk about it and have people look at them and then get sponsors that are involved that would sponsor a horse. As we well know, we need talented, easy riding horses that are talented but can go so that these people can be successful. And then we need a, a program that is allows <clears throat> these horses to be networked within the para group. Like, say if Mary makes the team and wins a medal, say hypothetically she, she gets a horse and does that, then this horse should be trans, uh, should be taken on just by somebody on another rider. It shouldn't be allowed okay. to stay with Mary. Let's bring along another horse. Um, let's bring, bring along another rider. Let's get the group of para riders to participate in a international uh, dressage forum get them to ride in the forum so that all the uh, FBI, like I'm a four-star judge, there's no reason why all the four-star judges can't see these people and, and judge them, get that coordinated with the actual FEI, normal CDI, international judges forum. They ride, they demonstrate, and the judges have to judge the para rider in accordance to the rules of para. That needs to be exposed to the judges because most judges are don't want to judge them. Then when you judge them, they don't know what they're judging. Yeah, and Michael, as a, uh, I organized a show here in New York, the Dressage of Saratoga show, and we started offering parrots in 2008. Um, we had one rider show up the first year, but it's been getting better and better. We have a big sponsor that gives us a lot of money to uh, sponsor the para. And I feel from all the shows that I've been to that maybe management just doesn't understand the whole process of para. And I think that's something that's being worked on now, to make everything, you know, fair and, you know, the, everyone has a responsibility, the management has responsibility, the, the riders have responsibility, and I think, you know, moving forward, trying to really mesh those two together so everyone has an excellent experience. So we need to expose the management, we need to expose them to the FBI, we need to expose them to the TV programs, we to get them out, we to get these people out and have them talk. Some of these people are brilliant people. I, I know. It's, it can be difficult, and uh, people, folks like you and other uh, trainers, respected trainers, are hopefully going to uh, help Para make, turn that corner for Para so everybody can really see truly what it's about and how wonderful and fantastic a program it is. One last question. In regards to uh, horses, we all know it's difficult to for anybody to get a, a great horse with a great brain that's athletic, that can do the movements, and most of all, has a great brain and is safe for different riders with their, you know, limited disabilities um, in some cases. 
where do you think is a, is a good place to start trying to get these horses from, you know, because not everyone has a ton of money. Um, do you have any suggestions on where we could look for horses? Well, I I think first what you need to do, I think this Pineland Corporation in, uh, in uh, New Gloucester, Maine, is it's a 501c3, and it's a nonprofit organization. And I think we don't have enough people out networking to get people that have good upper-level horses, especially, and I think Craig Denicus, who's the head of it, the program, and Gwen McPherson, who's the head trainer there, Mary knows it quite well, uh, would be really, really inspiring to get them involved in the sense that they would allow people to donate the hus to to uh, the Pineland Carpets, the 501c3, and mm-hmm. then they get a tax write-off. They get a tax write-off, and then we could form a group of knowledgeable, intelligent husmen that have the hearts in the right place, and then... You get, say you get four horses donated and they get a write-off, the tax people get a write-off. I mean, these people get a write-off tax-wise and Greg Dennis goes along with this. You form a, an advisory committee to Pineland and they select the horses to go to different pair of riders. And Gwyneth's an excellent teacher and you've got also that Jennifer Dillon up there who's amazing. She's, mm-hmm. she's fabulous. And then you have like a working student of mine who's a, just a great teacher and a great writer and that, Marie, her name is. So you have three people I know would be ecstatic to help the para people, and I think Greg Denicus would do this in a, on, a, on a large basis. It's a matter of people getting exposed to him and him exposed to them, and form a working group that would promote para on the horse industry. You need somebody that big. Oh, goodness, they got five thousand acres here, and, and they got they want to make an Olympic. Tri- Training center. They want to put Mary on the map. They're going to. They're even thinking of sponsoring her with a horse. So, I mean, they're pretty well, dedicated. Yeah. Right. That's so, wonderful. I think that I. I hope we can um, follow up with that and you know talk some more about that. Um, but we want to. We're running out of time. But we want to thank you so much, uh, Michael, for joining us tonight and uh, with your insight. And um, I hope that um, your presence in the para world will influence um, other big name trainers and. Maybe some great people with some great horses that can help us uh, be successful. We thank you, Michael Poulin, for his time, and we'll be right back after this message. Coach Jen here, host of the Horse Tip Daily Show on the Horse Radio Network. The way consumers interact with the brands they have trusted for years and those they are about to fall in love with for the first time is becoming more and more mobile, literally, and will continue to do so for the foreseeable future. Podcasts or Internet radio shows like this one combine the new consumer preference for on-demand information and entertainment with the power of niche market audiences. Advertising on the Horse Radio Network podcasts allows you to reach the equestrian consumer using today's preferred on-demand delivery system. It's cost-effective and flexible, able to reinforce your existing marketing and social media strategies. To learn more about advertising on this show or any of the shows on the Horse Radio Network, contact us at 859-951-2022 or... You can email us at glenn at horseradionetwork.com. 
That's Glenn with two N's at horseradionetwork.com. Come and join the Horse Radio Network family. You'll enjoy the ride. gears here a little bit and uh, talk about our news and uh, upcoming we're having the Paradisage Symposium. This one is November 20th to the 23rd in Winters, California, which I, is the funniest name in my mind, Winters, California. Um, <laughs> and it is for trainers and, and riders and auditors and I think we have a, a full grouping now there. So we're going to have some fun out, out on the West Coast this November, right before Thanksgiving. And uh, another thing I guess we have right before it is we are going to be featured, Pararaining is being featured at the AQHA World Championship Show November 15th. And they are providing us some horses, and we're going to surprise everybody with who actually goes out and does the raining. But we have a few of our para-riders coming to Oklahoma, and they're going to be doing some raining on really nice raining horses. So we're excited about that. <laughs> That I didn't sounds... even know there was para raining. <laughs> well, oh. it's a new, it's a newer um, thing. Actually, the AQHA they do have raining for disabled riders, but they've always wanted to get a little bit more involved with para and uh, a kind of the start of a new discipline. So that's kind of what we're so excited about too. It's a new para raining. Cool. <laughs> that sounds like so much fun. I am so tempted to put on my cowboy boots and find myself a hat and fly out there and, and be part of that. Anybody willing to come, uh, anybody can come, anybody can watch. It'll be November 15th, um, and it'll be over by 3 p.m. We'll be done. So if you come in the morning, stay till 3, and I, I think it'll be pretty exciting. And I, I'll be doing a little PR on it, so we'll hopefully have some pictures to send out. Find our show notes and links to today's guests on the website at dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search for Dressage Radio Show. Download the Horse Radio Network app for iOS or Android in the App Store and search for Horse Radio Network. You can learn more about the United States Para Equestrian Association at USPEA.org or, of course, on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> 